Before I get going, because I know if I wait till the end, I'll forget, because I forgot last week. But last week, I was supposed to introduce Steve to you. Steve is uh, coming on board here. He's going to be in charge of children and uh, outreach, and so we can call him Pastor Steve now, so we're excited about that. Next week, he's going to uh, be preaching us, I think, what would be technically his first official sermon. He's done a lot of public speaking at work and given a lot of lessons to youth, so he's not a total newbie, but I think this would be his first uh, sermon, if you want to call that, so we're really excited to hear him uh, next week, and of course, next week is Veterans Day, and he's a veteran, so... He'll have better veteran stories than I would, so that'll be, that'll be a good fit. And also next week, one of his children are being baptized, so we're really excited about that as well. And so uh, we're trying to get all ready for that. And so is, Steve is his name, and his wife's name is Heather. And I think if I started going down the kids, I think I could get a three, probably, so I won't embarrass the four that I don't remember. So uh, we'll uh, keep working on remembering all their names. But let's pray, and then we'll get started with our message here this morning. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much that... We can uh, love and honor you. We just pray as we just take a quick look at these verses, Lord, and as we prepare our hearts for communion happening today, Lord, that we would seek you, that we would love you, that we desire to be more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start out telling you guys about a story. And it's interesting about this story. I remember almost nothing about this story, but I really remember it well. So I don't remember who the person was. I don't remember where the person was, and I don't remember when it took place. I just remember extremely, extremely well having a conversation with somebody. I think I remember it was a guy. And I remember the smell being so strong that I could hardly have that conversation because every time I breathed in to talk, the smell was so strong. You know, we have these many senses in our life. Right? We have seeing, we have hearing, we remember different things. So oftentimes when we get older and our minds start going on us, some of the things we can always remember is songs. Right? Songs often stick with us in a way sometimes other memories do not. The same way, our sense of smell sticks with us. Sometimes we, we smell something, and we, we may not remember what we talked about. I don't remember what I talked about. My, my ears don't remember. My eyes don't remember. I, I can't remember the time. I just remember having this conversation, and the smell was so strong. And as we talk about our passage today, we're going to see in which we, as Christians, we put off a scent, in a sense, right? A spiritual scent, maybe, we could describe it. We're going to talk about this morning about the type of scent we put off. We go on to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest. So things were going well in Troas, right? Things were going well. My spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went to Macedonia. So he's like, I, I, things were going great in trust. There were open doors. People were receiving the gospel. But I, Titus wasn't there, so I went to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who is in Christ, always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. It says, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. It's like our life is like we're in a parade almost. And as we walk in that parade, we spread a fragrance. 
What's interesting about this is I'm not sure there's really a choice involved. The options aren't, I'm going to spread a good one, a bad one, or none at all. Meaning, what I mean by no choice is, we don't have the choice not to spread a fragrance, right? We can be good or bad, but we don't have the choice on whether or not we're going to spread. People are going to see you. They're going to think something about you, and you are going to provide something to them, and it's some kind of smell of the person you are. We go on to verse 15. It says, there we go, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we are this aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You know, Rob and I, we like to have debates, you know, we'll debate, what is the thing that leads people to Christ? And if he and I knew, we would be doing it, right? No one knows perfectly. But I think from this passage, I think of one thing. When we want to show Christ to people, and we're thinking about being the aroma of Christ, what do you think the aroma of Christ is? I don't think it's us being very super smart. I think it is us and our lives and our actions. This is the aroma we put off. To a one, a fragrance from death to death, to the others, a fragrance from life to life, who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. There's so many that are peddlers of God's word, but they're not sincere. Are we a peddler or are we sincere? You know, I listened to a podcast and it was super interesting. So this person did this research and they said, okay, we know that there are more single mother births now than there used to be. Lots more. 5% to 40% or whatever the number is. There's a lot more than there used to be. Single brother, you're not married. And so they're trying to figure out why. Why, why, why? And of course, these answers are really hard to figure out, you know, so they're just doing their dead level best. And so this lady, she was an economist, and she said, I think that the reason that it's happening is because there are less manufacturing jobs. So because there's less manufacturing jobs, the men are not as good to be married, and so the women don't get married as much because the men aren't stable enough, the men don't, blah, blah, blah. Something, it's an economic issue. And she says, well, and if it was an economic issue, then you could try to pull economic levers and then fix the economic issues as best you could, and then maybe it'd be better. And he said, the reason her goal is to say we want to have more marriages than children born in marriages is because of all the studies we've done, children born within a stable two-parent household are, have a better, it's a better you know, the, the measures of education and, how, and every, how they do well in their life is better. It's not like people that aren't in a, are born in a single parent house or doomed for life or anything like that. It just seems to be better, right? Which seems, as Christians, shouldn't be that shocking, right? How did God set up marriage, a man and a woman, then they're supposed to be together? And shocking that that is actually a really good way to do it, believe it or not, the way that God wanted to do it. And so all, all kinds of things happen to where that doesn't happen. There's nothing wrong with that, but obviously 
That's the goal, right? We live in a sinful world, and oftentimes things don't go the way we want them to. So she's like, okay, so we want to make these more parents that we have two-parent households. And so maybe the reason people aren't getting married and having kids is economic. Guess what happened? Something really cool happened, and she could measure whether that was true or not. When fracking became a thing, suddenly a bunch of men who didn't have jobs in a certain area suddenly got better jobs and made more money. So she's like, I'm going to see what happens. Guess what happened? Birth rates in marriages went up. Birth rates in non-marriages went up. Birth rates went up, but no one got married any more than they did before. And you know what she said? I was surprised. I didn't think that's what happened, but that's what the evidence she said. And they asked her, they said, well, what do you think would change it? And she says, I'm an economist. I don't know what would change it. No, I don't know. If money doesn't change it, I don't know how to change it. You're going to have to ask somebody else. And you know, I have a guess how we could change it, right? God set up marriage, a man and a woman to be together forever. And of course, if they have children, while that always doesn't work out perfectly, I think God put that together for a reason. I'd like you to think about this. One thing as, as a Christian, as someone who's dedicated, it is always discouraging when you see the statistics come out on whether Christian's behavior is different or the same as non-Christians. Because I say, look, you have this problem. The Bible has the answer. But guess what? If we as Christians don't demonstrate it, if we don't demonstrate, look, when you're a Christian and you follow the Bible, these things happen, why would people look to us for answers? We have the answer to this problem. But you know what? The only way people are going to listen to us is if we actually demonstrate that it's effective. And there's so many things within our life as you try to lead someone to Christ, as you try to be a sweet-smelling fragrance in your life. Talking your way out of it will do nothing and unless your life is there. Now, talking does matter. The Bible says we should give an answer, so I'm not saying there's no, there's no room for that. I'm just saying in this particular passage, as he talks about Christians going along and, and going forward, we're being a uh, fragrance. We need to be a sweet-smelling fragrance to others. And you know what's the only way we can do it? We have to depend on Christ, because guess what? Of our own power, are we any able to just muster up more willpower than everybody else? We don't have any more willpower than anybody else. We're not stronger. We're not smarter. We're not, we don't have better human bodies that can wake up earlier and stay up later and have more discipline. All we have that the world doesn't have is Christ. 
And until we lean on him, guess what the stats are going to say? We're the same. We're the same. We need to put our trust in Christ. And as we get together and we have communion this morning, I'd like us to think about this as we get together and take the cup and take the bread. Are we being dependent on Christ for our actions? When we are struggling with something, is our answer, I'm just going to try a little harder next time? Or are we really putting our troubles at the feet of the cross? Let's pray. Dear, we just thank you so much for this morning and as we gather together to take communion, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to think, to help us to ponder whether when we are walking and being the being in the parade, if you will, and providing a fragrance, that we are depending on ourselves for that fragrance, or that we're depending on you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.